Well, it's such a privilege to be here with you this weekend. I always love coming to Hope Church. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I bring you greetings from my family. Um, I know if some of you were part of the meeting with my brother Andrew, who's there in the middle. Um, but those of you who don't know my family, I'm the youngest of nine kids. And some of you also maybe have met my brother Don, who was here this past year. He's a missionary in Japan. And this past summer, when I got back from West Africa, um, it was really special to have a big family reunion in Pennsylvania. And much of my family, I have 40 nieces and nephews and 38 great nieces and great nephews, and many of them were able to gather together, and that was a really special time. Over the last 15 years, I've had the privilege of serving at a hospital for women and children. And... It's a hospital located in a city of about 200,000 people where there are huge medical needs. And so our hospital was opened to help, especially to help women um, have safe deliveries. That was a problem that, we, that was being seen. Um, but the vision grew and God brought a lot of patients and he provided funds that our hospital complex could grow. And so this is what it looks like today. Um, we have several buildings, and every day God brings uh, lots of people that we can minister to, more than 200 patients who come for consultations, surgery, well baby checkups. Every day we have, on average, 10 babies born at the hospital. Um, many thanks to each of you who are part of putting together, either collecting or putting together mama packs. Um, that is a little gift that we give to each um, mom and her newborn born at the hospital. So a little hat and a t-shirt or onesie, a blanket and socks. So thanks so much for helping to dress our sweet babies at the hospital. This past summer, we had our first set of quadruplets at the hospital, um, and so that was a, that was a big deal. Um, we often have twins or even triplets. There's a high rate of multiple births, but here's this mom with her four boys. She has her hands full, doesn't she? Here's our NICU at the hospital. Um, I'm a nurse by training, and so for these last 15 years, I've played various roles at the hospital. In the early years, I helped in inpatient nursing. I learned to be an anesthesia provider um, for surgery. That was a big need. And then for eight years, I led our nursing team. Um, here you see them pictured at a party we had last year to thank them. We now have about 120 nurses and nurses' aides at the hospital and almost 200 staff total at the hospital. And then a few years ago, I was able to pass the baton, um, my role of director of nursing to an African nurse, and that gave me the opportunity to get involved with the chaplain team at the hospital. And you see me um, next to me, a, a woman named Mama Germain. She had been a nurse at our hospital, and she retired. Um, and she was so thrilled to be able to come back to join our chaplain team as the first African female chaplain on the team. And so every day our chaplain team, after the doctors make their rounds, our chaplain team goes around to all the inpatients and prays with them, talks with anyone who is interested. And we have many opportunities to share Christ. Even though we're in an area that is mostly Muslim, 90% Muslim, we're able to be an openly Christian hospital. And we're so thankful for the ways that we've seen God work over the years. In the last 15 years since the hospital opened, we've had over 30,000 babies born. Um, and we've had over 800 people come to faith in Christ. Well, the work has been rewarding as we've seen transformed lives, both physically 
and spiritually. But as you can imagine, um, a, a new and rapidly growing hospital has also meant a lot of challenges and growing pains. Well, what has sustained me and kept me on mission in West Africa? It's the heartbeat of the Christian and Missionary Alliance, and it's our missions theme for this year, all of Jesus for all the world. We want all people all to have the opportunity to know Jesus. And as we look at um, this theme, we're going to take a look at some very familiar verses that I'll put up on the screen, Matthew 28, verses 16 to 20. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Well, I know these are very familiar verses that we've heard many times. And as we take a look at them, I want, us, I want to point out four alls that we see in these verses. And so the first all is in verse 18. Jesus says that all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to him. We cannot fail in this mission because we carry our king's credentials. Well, I'll admit I often haven't felt qualified for the things that I've been called on to do. Uh, soon after I arrived um, at the hospital, one of the needs was we needed another anesthesia provider. And that's not something I've been trained to do in the U.S., although my past nursing experience helped, helped me in that. Um, then I was asked to lead the team of nurses, and we started out with maybe 50 or so nurses and grew the nursing department um, to 120, and leading cross-culturally certainly um, wasn't always easy or something that I felt qualified for. And then when I'm back on home assignment, speaking in front of big groups, that's not something that's necessarily a forte either. And so I often can feel like, wow, I'm, I'm not quali fully qualified for the things I'm being asked to do. But I'm so grateful that I, I belong to Jesus and that I carry his credentials and that he has all authority. I think of one unlikely couple. Um, their names are Adama and Rokia, and they came to our hospital several years ago when Rokia was ill with cancer. And for many weeks, Rokia, she was very critically ill. She had surgery and complications, and we didn't know if she would survive. And during those days, we had many opportunities to pray for Rokia and to share Christ with her and her husband. And one day during that time, they decided to pray to receive Christ. Well, as God brought spiritual healing in Rokia's life, he also began to bring physical healing. And he, he helped her through that most critical phase. And then she was able to get strong enough so that she could receive the chemotherapy that she needed. And she responded well. And after several months, she was well enough to go back to her village about an hour and a half from our hospital. Well, she and her husband come from a village where there's no church and there weren't any other believers except for one man that our chaplain knew, a, a teacher who had been sent from our town to that village to teach in a local school. And so our chaplain introduced Adama and Rokia to Paul. And 
as they were back in their village and people were, were surprised that Rokia was better. They knew that she had been very ill and had almost died. And they were also interested because they heard Adama and Rokia talking a lot about Jesus. And so people began to join Adama and Rokia and Paul as they would meet for Bible study. And one by one, others gave their lives to Christ. And soon they, they didn't have enough space to meet in the home that they were in. And so Adama and Rokia were a big part of building this church building. You see them standing here in front of it. Now, by the world standards, Adama and Rokia, they are not super qualified people. They've never been to school. They don't know how to read or write. They certainly had never taken a course in church planting. But God used them to plant this church. And what a joy it was for some of my hospital colleagues and I to go a few times and to worship with them and the 30-some people who are part of their church family. Jesus has all authority. And we're, as his children, we cannot fail in this mission because we carry our king's credentials. Well, as we keep looking at these verses, verse 19 has our next all. Jesus says, go and make disciples of all nations. No one is to be denied the opportunity to enter his kingdom. And yet so many don't have access to the gospel. There are still 3.4 billion people in the world who are unreached and more than 4,000 people groups who have little or no opportunity to hear about Jesus. If you look at this map, you'll see the green areas on this map are places where people have a lot of access to, they have opportunity to hear the gospel. The yellow areas are places where there's low access. And then the areas in red are, are places where there is little or no access to the gospel. Well, the Christian Missionary Alliance is, feels very burdened. We're passionate about all of Jesus for all the world. And so 80% of Alliance International workers are living and working in these red areas. I'll never forget my first visit to West Africa. It was a few years before I moved there. And while I was there, uh, the hospital hadn't yet been built. Um, and so the people I was visiting said, we wanna take you to a clinic. There were some Christian clinics and villages and it was the, vill the clinic that we went to was quite remote and we had to drive several hours to get there. So we passed through one village after another. And in every village, we would see a building that looked something like this, a mosque. We'd see at least one, if not a few, and very rarely a church. And then as we got to that village where the clinic was, um, my heart was burdened as I saw the, the physical needs of people, but even more so the spiritual needs and how few people had had an opportunity to hear about Jesus. Well, I was really thrilled when a few years later, the hospital was being built and they needed nurses. And so I was able to return, um, but I have been based in a bigger city. And in that city, there are some, some churches, um, but I, I hadn't forgotten about those villages, um, that places that there, there are no churches and where people haven't had much opportunity to hear. And so in those early years, when it was, I was often on call, it was hard to, to take trips into the villages, but God brought the villages to us and people like Adama and Rokia and many others. And then in more recent years, um, we had many opportunities and open doors into villages because of patients who came to our hospital. 
Um, one such patient was this little girl named Addie, who's pictured here on the left, and she and the other girl in this photo were being treated for cancer in our pediatric ward. And so Addie and her mom, Fatumata, we'll call her Faye for short, they uh, spent the better part of a year, many months with us at the hospital while Addie was being treated. And they had many opportunities to hear about Christ. They loved watching the Jesus film in our waiting areas. They would come to our Bible story time. They began to ask, can we get a ride with you to church on Sunday? And so we took them. Well, after some time, they, their hearts really were, were tender and ready to receive Christ. And so with the blessing of um, Addie's dad, Faye's husband, they, they prayed to receive Christ. Well, sometime after, it was really sad news for us when our pediatrician told us that Addie's cancer was no longer responding to treatment. And so Addie and her mom and her little sister went back to the village, and a few months later, um, Faye called us to tell us that Addie had gone to heaven. Well, this happened during rainy season, and during that time, the roads are not passable in a car, and so it took a few months before we could visit. And we, of course, had been so heartbroken. We had grown to love Addie, and we were concerned for her mom. She was the only believer in her village. Well, when we were able to go visit, we were so thankful to see that Faye was doing well, that she was clinging to Jesus. She had not um, given up on her faith. Um, but she was the only, only believer in her village, and she, she was still a very new believer herself. And she said, I want to be able to share with my friends and family, but I need help. Well, this gave us a really wonderful open door to begin going to, to visit Faye's village every week for a few months to tell Bible stories. We did it under the shade of the tree next to her house. And many would gather, mostly women, um, but often a few men, many children, um, now, this was a village that, um, t about 10 miles away, there's a pastor and a, a very small church in that village, and that pastor had tried to come into this village to do an outreach, but the village chief had always said no. But now, because we had this personal friendship with Faye, we were able to come. We let the village chief know that we were coming on a weekly basis, and that was okay with him. Um, and so that was a, a great opportunity to share about first telling stories of the Old Testament key stories and then moving into the New Testament, telling about um, Jesus' life and ministry. And I'll never forget the day that we told about when Jesus had been betrayed and crucified and the looks of sadness on the ladies' faces. And then as we told them that Jesus didn't stay dead, that he, raised, he was raised from the dead three days later and the looks of wonder on their faces, they said only God could have done that. Well, we hoped that their hearts would be ready to, we gave a clear gospel presentation, um, and they weren't ready to pray to receive Christ that day, but they said, we want you to come back and show that Jesus film. Um, we want everybody in our village to have the opportunity to hear. And so we went back to the village chief, and this time he granted permission. So a few weeks later, we went in with that pastor from the nearby village for a few days and showed the Jesus film and shared the gospel, prayed with those um, who came to ask for prayer. Now, we hoped for a big response, but people are not quick um, to give their lives to Christ in a place where they're not sure if their families will reject or persecute them. 
But I'm so thankful to tell you that Faye is no longer the only believer in her village. Today, there are five others who are they're meeting together regularly um, for prayer. And on the weekend, they attend church in that village nearby. And a few of them have recently been baptized. Jesus wants everyone, all people groups, all nations to have an opportunity to hear. No one is to be denied the opportunity to enter his kingdom. Well, as we continue to look at these verses and our alls in these verses, our next all is in verse 20. Jesus tells the disciples to teach the new disciples to obey everything or all that he has commanded him, everything that we need to remain rooted in his great love and guided in his sacred mission. And what a blessing that we have God's word and we have the teachings of Jesus. And so we first have that challenge of living that out ourselves, that day-to-day obedience, not only in the big things, but in the little things, um, letting Jesus be the Lord of our life, um, and then helping others around us um, to do the same. It's been a joy for me over the last several years to work closely with our nurse leaders at the hospital and to be a part of their spiritual journey. And about five years ago, we began to take our nurse leaders, or about 10 of them, on an annual retreat. And it provided, an, here you see us on a retreat this past spring, um, it provided an opportunity just for a little break from the demands of the hospital, a change of scenery, um, but also an opportunity to spend time in God's word and um, having discipleship time with our, with our nurse leaders and making sure that we are rooted in Jesus' teachings and praying for each other. And it was really special a few years ago after one of these retreats, a few months after the retreat, the wife of one of the nurses who had been on the retreat said to me, you know, ever since that retreat, my husband has had a new um, consistency and fervor in his walk with the Lord and daily time and God's word and prayer and being a spiritual leader for our family. And Joe, um, this nurse, Um, not only in his family, but at the hospital, is having a wonderful impact as he leads our team of pediatric nurses and does a lot of discipleship with them. And as he reaches out um, to patients, the pediatric patients that he does consultations for, and he'd probably say that um, evangelism isn't his greatest gift, but he's living out God's word and he's using his gifts and he is leading people to Jesus. Um, Jesus wants us to live, live out his teachings and to help others to do the same. Everything, um, we have everything that we need to remain rooted in his great love and guided in his sacred mission. Well, as we look at our fourth and final all, it's in verse 20. Jesus says, Surely I am with you always. We have his spirits abiding 24-7 power and presence. What an incredible promise. I'm so grateful for the ways I've seen God's presence in my life um, over the years, and especially in recent years as there's been political turmoil and uh, where I've been serving. These are some protests taking place in the Capitol. And then the political instability and coups led to Muslim terrorists that are in the northern part of the country Um, to gradually move to the south where our hospital is located. And for a while, it didn't really impact what we were doing. 
um, because it felt far away. But then five years ago this month, we got word one morning that our friend who lived 30 miles away from the hospital, um, Sister Gloria, who you see pictured here on the left, that she had been kidnapped the night before. And she and a few other nuns from South America were running an orphanage. They would often bring children from their orphanage to our hospital. And we had been to their village, to their orphanage to visit them. And I uh, had partnered with them in different ways. And we were doing outreach in a lot of the villages around where Sister Gloria was running this orphanage. And so we made some changes in the things we were doing, but we were able to continue to minister. But then a couple years ago, um, kind of around the time of the start of the pandemic, we kept hearing about more attacks that were take, terrorist attacks taking place in towns around us. And we had had a few evacuations in the past and we knew that the time might come again. And so our team, our, um, our missionary team began to pray and talk with our, our leadership about the possibility that, that we might need to leave if things continued moving in the wrong direction. And so after some time of prayer and evaluation, um, a little bit over a year ago, we made the difficult decision that our team would, would prepare to finish well. And so we took the next six months um, to, to do all that we could to strengthen the ministries that we were involved in, to do more of those leadership retreats, to um, pass the baton on any ministries that we were leading. Um, and God was with us each step of the way. It wasn't easy. I'd been there for 15 years and have very dear friends there. Um, but God gave us those meaningful goodbyes. And um, this was our last day at Hospital Devotions this past May, um, our hospital staff praying over us and blessing us. And I'm so thankful that even though my team left last May, that our hospital continues um, to provide compassionate and loving care for patients and share Christ with, with our patients who come. And that God is with uh, my African brothers and sisters as they continue the ministry. Our chaplain team continues to pray with patients and to disciple new believers. Um, we got the really wonderful news this past October. After four years and eight months in captivity, Sister Gloria was finally released. And she sent us a message our, to my missionary team, let, letting us know that it had been difficult, but that God had helped her, that she had sensed our prayers, and, and that God, she had sensed God's presence with her during that very long uh, captivity. I'm so grateful that the work continues, not only at the hospital, but in villages around us. Um, pastors in, our, in the area um, where our hospital is and, and beyond are passionate about evangelism and discipleship. And so they continue to do outreaches. And they, um, this is a baptism that took place a few months ago. And they're continuing to see people come to Christ. Um, Adama and Rokia, they're really grateful that after many years of being, um, just having a lay-led church, that God has brought them a pastor, who you see pictured here with them on the right, Pastor Job. Well, you might wonder about me, what am I planning on doing? Um, I'm back for a year of home assignment and getting toward the end of that, and so planning sometime this summer to head back to Africa, but to a different location. And I thought I'd know by now where that is, but, um, but I'm not quite sure yet. But I'm, I'm trusting that God's going to show me in the days ahead. And, and as I think about 
all, all that he's, he's done and how he's helped me along the way, I know that he will continue to be faithful and to be with me each step of the way. And although it might involve learning another language and learning a new culture, and it's daunting to think about um, starting over again and, and having a big transition, um, I know that the Holy Spirit's power and presence will go with me. And my heart is burdened for people who haven't had an opportunity to hear. I, I really do want all of Jesus for all the world. I want to say a huge thank you to your church family for the ways that you have blessed and supported me over the years. Thank you for your generous giving to missions as you give to the Great Commission Fund or to missions here at Hope Church. That is what is supporting me and many others who are working around the world. Thank you too for praying. Um, I really couldn't do what I'm, what I'm doing without people who are, who are praying for me. All of Jesus for all the world. I wonder how is God speaking to you about your role in this mission? Maybe you're not praying regularly for an international worker, an unreached people group, and God has put that on your heart, and you want to pray regularly. I'd love to have you pray for me. Um, my prayer card and a sign-up sheet for my update letters that I send out every couple months um, is over by the cafe, and I'd love to, um, to have you pick one of those up or sign up for my, for my update list and to have you pray for me. Maybe you haven't given regularly to missions, and... Maybe you're thinking, I don't have money to give to missions, but even a small amount on a monthly basis, God can use that to ma make a great impact. God might be calling some of you to the other side of the globe, um, long-term or short-term, or he might be calling you to go across the street to meet that new neighbor and to reach out. We all know people who need Jesus, neighbors, co-workers, fellow students. How is Jesus nudging you? What step can you take this week to reach out to somebody in your life who needs Jesus? All of Jesus for all the world. It will take all of us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for the gift of salvation that we have in Jesus. Thank you um, for that, that incredible blessing. Thank you that we know you. But Lord, our hearts are burdened for so many around the world who haven't even had an opportunity to hear. And um, you've asked us, you've commissioned us to, um, to be part of getting your good news out. And so I pray that you would show each one of us our role in that. Lord, place it on our heart and give us boldness and courage. I thank you that um, we carry our King's credentials. I thank you that you are always with us wherever you lead us. And so I pray this week that you would, you'd help us. We really do want all of Jesus for all the world. Um, Lord, I'm so thankful for the, the Hope Church family. And I pray, pray your blessing on each one here um, today and in, in this week ahead as they follow you and as they... Um, as they live for you and, and share you with others. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In your name we pray, amen.